This is The Immigrant View, a podcast for immigrants by immigrants. Welcome to the show. The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantNetworks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Immigrant View. Uh, Once again, my name is Ayo. It's a great pleasure being here with you. Hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. The podcast today, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation. Uh, I think this is a great chance for us to start having some really open, honest uh, conversations with one another uh, as immigrants. Um, I am speaking as an immigrant myself. I'm speaking as a father. Um, I'm speaking as a son. I'm speaking as a brother uh, through this. But I think this is going to be great as a as I watched the documentary, which I'm going to talk about in a quick second, because I'm like, what are you talking about? As I watched the documentary, one thing that really opened my eyes is we need to start having these conversations with one another. And I felt this was why it was great to bring this person on to the show. So who do I have on the show today? One and only, uh, he's a social worker, he's a counselor, uh, documentary film producer, he also runs a charity called Share Vancouver. Uh, and he has a new documentary. So this podcast is going to air, by the way, Alex, uh, in, um, I would say around January. So I don't know where this is going to come out in terms of when the actual documentary will be out. But you let us know when it's going to come out. I'm timestamping this January 2022, possibly. (laughs) But the documentary is called Emergence Out of the Shadows. It's a really powerful documentary. And I strongly believe that um, this is something that we can really learn a lot from. So I want to welcome Alex to the show. Alex Senga, it's a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me, Ayo. I'm so happy to be here. You know, uh, Alex, as I watched the, first of all, thanks for being patient with me. I I know uh, we, uh, Alex, by the way, was PST, I was EST, and we just couldn't figure out how we're going to meet, but we eventually made it happen. So thanks for being patient through that process. As I watched the documentary, I was, um, as I was saying to you before we hit the record button, um, I'm a Christian and, uh, you know, had my views in, in terms of how I've seen um, the uh, LGBTQ community. But then as I watched the documentary, I just kept saying to myself, why? The, wow, this are, these are children of parents. And this is what they're going through. And this is their, you know, they're sharing their inner thoughts and struggles and challenges. And, oh, my gosh, this is we need to talk about this. We need to start having these conversations because um, the damage is real. The damage can last a long time. And we're breaking families up without having these types of conversations. And I thought it was important for you to be a part of this conversation uh, with me today. So first of all, let me just say, tell us about Emergence Out of the Shadows. Tell us about this documentary. What is it about? What inspired you to to put it together? So, you know, there was a young man who in the film is Caden and Caden contacted my charity and he was completely disowned for when his family found out he was gay. He had no food, no shelter. He was an international student studying at Langara College in Vancouver. His immigration status was in limbo. 
Um, he's at risk of deportation, of course, when you're on a student permit and you're not going to school. He was completely devastated. Uh, he was dealing with a lot of psychological trauma, depression, suicidal ideation. He contacted us. He contacted actually 15, 16 organizations. Wow. But, Sheer Van, but Sheer Vancouver was the only one that actually met with him and helped him. No one else. Are you saying the other ones dropped him? They didn't want to work with no, him? No, the other ones didn't even respond. Wow. So this is how difficult it is for a lot of immigrants who come to this country to get any support or help. Um, you know, organizations don't have the mandate or whatever. When you're, on a, when you're on a student permit and you're an immigrant and you come to this country, you're expected to fully finance everything and pay for everything despite the circumstances and this, despite the situation. Mm. So, you know, we did what we could to help him. We got him food. We got him shelter. We helped, um, helped him with his immigration. We helped him with money. Um, I'm not going to tell you what happens to Kaden. You have to watch the movie, but I can tell you a little bit what happens to him that's not in the movie. He, um, you know, we wanted, to, you know, he, we were thinking about what can we do to educate our parents and our society? Because, you know, we wanted to share the coming out stories of gay and lesbian uh, South Asians, but you know, that would help them and that would give them some hope. However, the people that have the power, the people that can either embrace or reject or disown or support their kids are the parents mm -hmm. or it's society at large. So the people that really need the education and awareness and support is not so much the gay and lesbian kids who are struggling, which, which they do. It's really, you need to educate the parents as well and you need to educate society as well. Because they're the ones who have the power to decide, are they going to love their children how they are, how God has created them, or are they going to dump them? Mm -hmm. So disown them, sorry, that, you know, disown them. So Caden's story is very touching, it's very, it's very moving, it's, it's heart-wrenching. Oh, he, he really misses his mom. He really misses mm -hmm. his mom, he wants to see his mom, but... Um, you know, she is not responding to him and his whole family has cut him off. So it's, it's really, could you imagine, as I mentioned in the film, to be disowned and rejected for something which you have no control over? Mm. You know, he did not choose to live uh, as a gay person. You know, what is he supposed to go through life pretending to be something that he's not? Mm. We don't ask straight young men to be gay. Why are we asking gay young men to be straight? No, it's impossible to change your sexuality. I don't know, you know, there's all these um, uh, conversion therapies and everything, but really they they don't work. And so many people, and you learn in, in my story in the film that I already tried many, many years of seeing a psychiatrist and a counselor to try to become straight. I was I not- I thought that part, I, 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 there was that part in the in the documentary and you've already, you already told us not to share anything with people. Uh, but I, I, there was a part in the documentary where somebody called the house because you went to see them at the age of 17. Am I correct? Yes, yes. And I was just like, wow, that is powerful that, at, you know, at that point, you know, an event took place. Go watch the documentary to understand what event that is. And um, due to the event, you just felt, I need to go see someone to talk about this. Why did you particularly pick the person that you selected to go have that conversation? Because I didn't have anyone to talk to. When I was growing up in, in Surrey Newton, a working class area, a very racially divided uh, town in Surrey, there was no internet. There was no mm. cell phones. There was no gay straight alliances. 
there was no grinder or tinder or places where i can talk to people who were like myself i was very alienated i was very isolated i was very marginalized i was literally suicidal i was so close to suicide that every day i would have suicidal thoughts because i hated myself as i described in the documentary i had internalized homophobia and i also had some internalized racism this means you don't like yourself for being gay you want to be straight and you also don't like yourself for being brown you want to be more like the white world because where the school that i went to there's so much racist racial tension they were calling me paki hindu every day punjab and so how are you supposed to grow up in a community when you're a young vulnerable teenager and everyone doesn't even like the very basic part of your identity whether it's your race or whether it's your sexuality and um it was very very difficult uh, it was very very difficult and yeah so i you know this is how it all started so i i i just reached out to and i found the school counselor and the psychiatrist who could help me they were the only two people that could help me and they both were really really um understanding hmm. But it hasn't been that long ago. It hasn't been that long ago. I don't remember the exact year when homosexuality was uh, removed as a mental illness from the psychiatric um, uh, manual. Uh, wow. Mental disorders, just a diagnostic and statistical manual. I mean, it hasn't been that long ago. So for years, uh, doctors and governments and people were being blackmailed. They were being, um, um, you know, being thrown in jail for their sexuality. They were losing jobs because of their sexuality. They were being having had experiments on done on them. They were given medications and drugs to try to change their sexuality. All this stuff was happening because you know the scientific community thought at, at, at one time that being gay was a bad thing. Mm. So thank God we're not there, you know. But um, anyone who's different, it doesn't matter what kind of difference you have, is a victim of marginalization and discrimination in some way in history. Mm. In um, I'm looking at an article here from CTV News, and it talks about how um, uh, it, mortality rates found out between the year 2000 and 2016, the rate of deaths by suicide among gay and bisexual men had jumped to four times higher than the rates among heterosexual um, men. And the article further talks about um, like this goes beyond just uh, yes that the um, LGBTQ community uh, there's the the rights are you know getting legal rights gay marriage and such things are are are, are being uh, legalized and allowed now in our community. However, um, some of the reasons speculated I would say from this article was people are still feeling ostracized uh, within their own community. Uh, they're still struggling within themselves and questioning. Uh, people are still dealing with bullying and beatings and name calling or being forced to avoid places or avoid conversations uh, as well. And these things build up uh, in individuals. Can you can you talk uh, talk us through that as well and how the documentary also addresses those areas? You know what? Um... The documentary was all already called Out of the Shadows. It started from a very dark place. And we wanted to end on a point of redemption where we had some hope for the kids who watched that film. Mm -hmm. However, I'm telling you, growing up as a gay kid is not easy. 
it's not easy because especially if you're a visible minority or if you're brown or black or uh, you come from a traditional family or a conservative family uh, because um, you feel like you're letting down your parents. Mm. There's a lot of pressure in our community to get married, to have children, to carry on the family name, to uh, live a traditional lifestyle. And if you don't fit into that nuclear model and you're different, how how are you going to be accepted? Mm-hmm. Your community may reject you. Your family may reject you. And um, what are you what, what are you supposed to do now? How are you going to move forward with your life? So these are issues that you know gay people face. I, I'm helping a kid now who was in foster care. He's uh, First Nations, and his best friend of five years found out he was gay, and he was completely disowned again. And I said, you know, you know, in my in my family, I had a Thanksgiving dinner during Thanksgiving at my house, and I'm 49 years old now. I had 18 people come over. Do you know how many of those 18 people were family members? How many? Two. Wow. Including myself. Wow. So my mother was there and I was there and there were 16 other people, but they were all friends. And none of my family showed up from from my mother's side or my father's side. And when you're 49 years old and you're a gay male, you're middle aged, I'm a professional. I'm successful. There's no reason why I should be rejected by my family. What happened was um, when you're when you're a gay man, or a queer person or a trans person or a bisexual, whatever, you have to create your own chosen family. Mm-hmm. You have to create your own chosen family, the family that nurtures you and stuff. I mean, many times, I mean, Caden, who's the story, the young man in the story, I would take him to meet my family and family and stuff. And he said that he felt really awkward. He felt really unwelcome. There was like a dead silence. Mm-hmm. Sometimes silence speaks volumes. People are friend, superficially friendly to you and they sit there and they're just silent. They don't say anything. And Caden said, you know, I felt so uncomfortable, so unwelcome, so, un, you know, not valued as a person. And I felt these are things that gay people have to deal with every day. No one understands this. All we ever hear from people are, um, you know, you're sinners or you're choosing a lifestyle, which really we have no control over and we're being persecuted for it and people are saying oh this is against the bible or this is against the the religion in islam or this is against this and you know what god doesn't hate anyone you know god would not create gay people if he wanted them to suffer we are also god's children no one has a right to speak for god no one has a right you know i mean one thing i believe sometimes is if jesus came back or if Gudunanik or if God came back to earth in some form, I think the first thing he's going to do is get rid of all the religions. I think they're all, they're all saying different things about the same thing. They're all, one, one says this, another says this, another says this, and another says this, and they all think they're right. I mean, maybe that should be my next movie, how all the differences and how everyone's, everyone thinks they're right. <laughs> there is actually a movie like that. I've forgotten the name right now, and it was PK, a very funny PK. movie. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I watched that. You know, it's like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, I think the first thing God will say is you are all my children. We love all your differences. Do not discriminate and kill each other. That's the message of God. The message of God is one of love. Right? That's the message of God. The message of God is we are one people, one humanity, one world. We need to learn to love each other. 
We need to stop separating and dividing ourselves because of our differences. And this is what I really hope the message gets across in emergence. Like I, we never had an agenda when we made emergence. We never were trying to convert people to the so-called homosexual agenda or lifestyle, which to me doesn't even exist because we're just talking about people. We just shared the real stories of three people, Kate and Jag and myself and their parents, what they go through, their reality of their situation, and people can walk away thinking whatever they want. You know, that, and I'm glad you say that. Um, I, I think it's so easy for people to hear this podcast or watch the movie and think there is some sort of agenda behind it. And for me, you know, as I watched, I wanted people to get an understanding of the story of the people, of the individual uh, in this situation, rather than, oh, is there some sort of agenda around this. We are forgetting about the individuals. We're forgetting about the people uh, that are going through the struggle. We're forgetting about the suicide rates. We're forgetting about the depression. We're forgetting and ostracizing people where we ought to be having these conversations uh, with one another to support each other through this process, you know? And um, another thing I wanted to ask you around this, what would you say should be how can immigrant parents start having these types of conversations? And here's why I ask that. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm coming from the, let me put the Nigerian hat on right now. In Nigeria, it is considered a crime um, to, have, to, be, uh, to, to be a member of the LGBTQ community. In fact, it's a 14 year crime. Uh, so you, you have that mindset of something that if it's being done, it's done secretly because it's quote unquote a criminal offense. And then you come here and our kids are growing up here. You know, what happens if one of our children, you know, comes out and says, dad, mom, you know, I am a, I am a lesbian, I am gay or, or any of the uh, other identities. How can immigrant parents, what can we start doing to be able to help ourselves through that process? The documentary talks about certain parents and how they had to go through that process themselves as well. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, so, you know, I think the key is education and that's why we were, we really wanted to have parents in the documentary because the parents have no support themselves. The parents also have to come out themselves. The parents have to go through a journey to accept themselves. I mean, it took me many years as a gay person to accept myself as a gay man. It didn't just happen overnight. It was a process, a coming out process. I cannot expect my parents to just turn around one day and say, like I say in the film, oh, I just love your homosexuality. I'm so glad my son is gay. You know, it's going to take them many, many years to accept their children and come around to it. Mm -hmm. You know, but we're hoping films like this that show you know, gay kids and gay lesbian kids and their parents and the journey they went through would be easier for them to understand and easier for them to have some support. Because, you know, someone said to me, they emailed me the other day, they said, you know, I watched Emergence at a festival and you know what? I was shocked. I said, I was crying because there's nothing like this in the Punjabi Sikh community. Mm. There's nothing that shows the parents. There's nothing like this. They go, we can't think of any other film like this. There's such li limited body of work and such limited knowledge in this area for our community. Mm. You know, I mean, can you imagine a Nigerian film with uh, gay lesbian kids and their parents? Has, there, has it ever been made? Oh. I, don't know. 
I don't know if it's ever been made. So, so this is really breaking barriers and breaking the silence within the Punjabi Sikh community, the South Asian community. And, you know, we tried to do the best job we could on our limited budget. And we, you know, shared the stories. We tried to be honest and we put it out there. And, um, you know, we're getting some backlash from some segments and quarters of the population who are saying, oh, there's no such thing as gay seats. You're shaming the community and, um, you know, you're you're embarrassing us and all this. But you know what? You know, you know, one thing I learned as a social worker mm. If you go through life and you have no backlash, and if you go through life and no one is upset with what you're doing, then you're really not accomplishing anything. Mm. Because then you're just standing up for the status quo. You're just standing up as one of the people that are the oppressors. Mm. You have joined the uh, oppressors because you are not a social change agent anymore. You're not willing to bring about change to benefit humanity. You just want everything to stay the, the way it is. Mm. So, um, a lot of people who are struggling and who are suffering and uh, who are victims of oppression, um, you can decide to align with them and try to make their life better, or you can decide to align with the privileged class who like the way things are and, and support them. Mm-hmm. So I'm a social worker, so I see the world through that lens. You know, that's my educational and background and bias. Even though I am now have done very well for myself, I was raised by a single mother, I'm a gay person, I'm a visible minority. You know, I've had mental health challenges. I deal with all these issues. I'm very marginalized in many ways, even though, you know, on paper, I am highly educated with two masters. I do very well in my career. I have a good job, you know, but I wasn't always at that level, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of people say to me, well, why are you a social Democrat? You should be a conservative. I said, well, these are the reasons why, because the the values I have, I surround myself with people that have those values as well, Mm -hmm. right? And, um, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, people are different and even within conservatives and people of all different parties, liberals and new Democrats, everyone, they all are diverse and people all have different values. So you can make allies and friends and make connections with all groups of people in all political spectrums, actually. That's another thing I've learned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but you know, this is what I'm saying. Um, you know, if you don't get any backlash, you know, when I first came out as a gay Sikh in Surrey and I started my charity, so the, the president of the local Sikh temple actually said publicly in the media, there's no such thing as gay Sikhs. All of a sudden, I got hate mail on MSN at that time from United, from United Kingdom, United States, Australia, New Zealand, California, India. I was completely bashed. It was so stressful. It was so uh, distressing. Wow. I, I talked to my mom. I talked to my mom. I said, do you really think I'm doing the right thing? And my mom said, you know what, let's, let's, let's go to the Sikh temple and let's pray for your um, group. Let's pray for your charity. Let's, let's pray that God will guide us and God will guide us in the right direction. And that was 12, 13 years ago. And today we're a registered charity. We have a team of 30 people uh, who support us as our core operating team. We have over 1200 members. We are making, this is our second documentary film. We're having an impact around the world, really. Um, we are, um, we have 11 core programs. We provide free counseling, information, referral resources. We have a podcast. So we're, we're creating visibility within a community that I had no visibility, mm. you know? And um, we're, we're, we're giving people a voice. Mm-hmm. We're giving people a voice. Um, 
so you know the, the one thing that people only that only an immigrant will understand or a visible minority will understand is intersectional oppression mm -hmm. so yeah. that means not only am i a an immigrant i'm also a gay person i'm also someone who may live with mental health challenges i'm also someone who was raised by a single mother mm -hmm. i'm also someone who was raised with relative poverty with limited opportunities so when you are starting the race to get ahead in life, you're already starting six feet back of everyone else. Right. And the fact that you make it in this world as an immigrant with all that intersectional oppression is really, really amazing. And this is what the immigrant experience is all about. Mm. For a lot of these immigrants who come here from different countries, they come from war-torn areas. They come from areas where they have very limited income. They come as refugees or staying in refugee camps. They have to leave and separate their families, their mothers, their children, their wives, their um, families. So they, they come here with all that trauma as well. Because mm -hmm. I'm a counselor and I do provide counseling for some uh, immigrants and refugees through my charity and all that. And it's, um, and gay people, gay people who are oppressed in many different countries, like you were talking about in Nigeria, it's a 14 year crime if you're gay. In some countries, gay people are thrown off buildings, they are um, physically assaulted, they're thrown in jail, they're raped, they're killed, and they're blackmailed. Um, this is happening in something like 70 to 80 countries around the world. There's only like, there's less than 200 countries. So when people say to me, to, so people, when people tell me, oh, you shouldn't fight for gay rights, you shouldn't fight for this or that, why not? We're fighting for basic human rights, and a lot of our brothers and sisters around the world have no rights. Mm -hmm. They're at risk of being murdered and killed and brutalized. So this is why we need to keep on fighting and keep on supporting our, our family around the world. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for that. Uh, the, the, the documentary, you're currently, I was saying, 22 festivals. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, uh, Toronto as well, the film festival in Toronto. Uh, which uh, real is world, I just screened it real world, yeah. Okay, which is really, really exciting stuff. Um, how can people watch the documentary if they're interested? So the film is in the film festival circuit right now. They can go to emergencefilm.net and we have a list of all our current festivals and um, they can see which festivals are coming up. We also have a list for community-based screenings so like high schools, colleges, universities, and libraries who are screening it, you can take a look at that list. Um, it'll be broadcast across Canada on Out TV, which is a gay and lesbian network. Some other broadcasters are, in, we're in the middle of negotiations with them. And also it'll be, um, it'll be on some streaming sites, including Out TV Go, where you can watch it. It'll be, in, you know, we're still in the early stages because we just released the film five weeks ago. And so we're still in the middle of negotiating, but we have a lot of interest after the film um, uh, screened in Toronto, a lot of broadcasters and, and, um, and uh, people contacted us to show the film. So we're very excited. And, um, um, you know, if you're a school or a university or a college and you want to show the film to your students, just, just go on to emergencefilm.net and email me and maybe we can figure something out. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Uh, let me end with this quote from Chimamanda Adichie. She says, many stories matter. Stories have been used to dispossess and to malign, but stories can also be used to empower and to humanize. Stories can break the dignity, dignity of a people 
but stories can also repair that broken dignity. I thought that was just important to share as we ended today's podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Have a lovely, lovely day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Why don't you do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or colleague? The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantsNetworks.com. Hi, I'm Nick Norani, founder and CEO of Immigrant Networks. Listen, if you're an immigrant or an international student looking to find a job and expand your network in Canada, Immigrant Networks is for you. Immigrant Networks, we say networking to get working. It is a community built by immigrants just like you to help you overcome one of the biggest challenges that immigrants have when they come here, and that is finding and retaining a job. Visit our website today and get matched within days with someone from your profession and learn and grow. Immigrant Networks. Networking to get working. Music provided by bensound.com.